And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. Um, A lot of stuff to get to today. I'll I'll be breaking down the latest on Brett Kavanaugh um, and the two days of just sideshows on Capitol Hill on on Thursday and Friday. Wow, it really was a circus. So I'm going to break it all down with uh, Greg Price um, from uh, Lone Conservative. It It was good talking to Greg. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before we get to all the news of the day, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at 1776 United. 1776 United is my favorite conservative apparel company. I honestly think they are the best in the country. Um, I know a lot of conservative uh, t-shirt companies kind of suck. <laughs> I know a lot of them uh, you know, aren't very creative or they, they sell kind of low-quality products. 1776 United is tremendous. All their stuff is is super creative, uh, conservative, and, and, and patriotic. Uh, stuff they they have shirts, tanks, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, whatever you need for both men and women. All everything is super soft, super high quality. No rough, scratchy shirts or any of that bullshit. It's really, really good stuff. And they have all kinds of other products as well, not just apparel. Check them out at 1776united.com. I really think you guys are going to like this company. And use the promo code gimmicks. That is the promo code gimmicks at checkout for fifteen percent off of your order. Once again, 1776united.com. I also want to say hi to our friends over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and want to quit or if you vape already, you need to check out Premier Vapor. Um, They have the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. They have any kind of battery, tank, coil, mod, anything you need for your vape setup, they have. Um, If you're in northwest Ohio or if if you're traveling through the area, check them out in person. They have physical stores in Perrysburg and Holland, Ohio. Um, If you're not going to be in the area, Check them out at premiervaporandlounge.com. That is premiervaporandlounge.com for all of your vape needs. And uh, if you order online, you get free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. Make sure to check out premiervaporandlounge.com and check out 1776united.com. These are two tremendous companies. They support us, uh, and you should support them as well. And please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, um, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. You can contribute monthly over there, and there's cool incentives if you choose to do so. All right, without further ado, here is my chat with Greg Price. All right, guys, we're here with Greg Price from Lone Conservative. Greg, thanks for taking the time, my friend. Yeah, thanks, Brady. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, um, Monday shows are always tough, obviously, because we're we're recapping basically Thursday through this morning, um, and we're just gonna jump into the Brett, the second round of Brett Kavanaugh's hearings, um, on on Thursday, last Thursday. I don't even know where to start, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> was was there a hearing? I don't remember. <laughs> there was a. It was a circus. I I remember that. I watched all nine. Uh, hours of it, which, wow, I was not uh, planning on wasting my entire day. Uh, beautiful Thursday here in Toledo, Ohio, in front of the TV, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. 
obviously leftists coming out of this hearing are obviously just going to say that, you know, Kavanaugh's guilty. He's a rapist. He's, you know, Hitler or Satan or, or whatever. Um, but most conservatives are saying things like, you know, both Kavanaugh and his accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, came off as credible. They came off as honest. I don't know, man. I might be alone here. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't know what world these people are living in. I did not find Christine Ford's testimony to be the least bit credible. Her story kept changing. Her lawyer, who's a Democratic operative, essentially, were, was advising her to not answer some questions. She provided zero evidence, which was to be expected. All of her witnesses that, that she named have, have denied her story. Uh, I, I don't see why even some conservatives are, are calling her... Uh, her testimony credible. I, I did not get that at all. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with this. I mean, they both, both Dr. Ford and Kavanaugh gave very convincing testimonies. Like you, you, you watch each of them and you both, you, you have to believe them. But at the end of the day, it was only Kavanaugh who had any corroborating evidence of his innocence. And Ford had no evidence uh, that Kavanaugh was guilty. Um, and I don't know if you saw this today, but Rachel Mitchell, who was the prosecutor that Republicans used to, uh, to ask her questions, she came out with this five page memo that essentially just said that there, there's no prosecutor in the world that would ever take this case to trial. So I think at the end of the day, you still have a presumption of innocence in this country. And they both gave convincing testimonies. It was only Kavanaugh who uh, had any evidence, um, who could present evidence to, to corroborate his story. Right. And what did you make of the Republicans using the uh, the, the prosecutor, uh, Mitchell, to, to question Ford? Obviously, I get what... They were were aiming for that. They, they didn't like the optics of a bunch of old dudes in their 80s um, uh, yeah. questioning Christine Ford. Um, so I understand that it seems at face value to be a pretty good idea. But I don't know. I, I was not a fan of the format going back and forth, only allowing five minutes per senator. Um, and then I, I really felt like uh, Mitchell was was treating Dr. Ford with kid gloves, man. Like I, I didn't I was not a fan of her lines of questioning. I think. She left a lot on the table. Yeah, I mean, I didn't necessarily object to them using the prosecutor. I mean, let's be real. They did it so they wouldn't have the, the visual of a bunch of old white dudes asking a woman who says she was sexually assaulted a bunch of questions trying to poke holes in her story. Right. I mean, I, don't I, love, think, I love Orrin yeah. Hatch, but that's that's just not a good look. <laughs> yeah, it really is not a good look. But I, I so I understand why they did it. And I didn't think she was I didn't think she did a bad job. I think she there were questions that. Um, there were other questions that she should have asked Dr. Ford, but I think she overall did a solid job, uh, poking holes in her story. She got her, she, she made her admit a bunch of strange things that we didn't know before, such as that they completely lied about her fear of flying and that right. Leland Kaiser apparently is lying because she has a health problem. That was a little strange too. But the, the biggest problem though was, was the format of the prosecutor going for five minutes and then Chuck Grassley just interrupting her and going to one of the Democrats who basically just gave a 2020 campaign speech. So it was just weird, the whole format. I think if they had let the prosecutor just go for like maybe like a half hour, 45 minutes on end and then gave the Democrats their turn, that probably would have been better. And we probably would have gotten more answers out of Dr. Ford. But but I think overall, the pro, I mean, the pro, with, with the, te- the terrible format, I think the pros, Rachel Mitchell did a solid job and her memo today was was excellent. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but it basically just, just it basically just poked, destroyed Ford's uh, entire all of the accounts and right. all of her, all her entire account. So right, and, and she's absolutely that's correct. That's my thought. Right, and she's absolutely correct that there's not a, a prosecutor on earth, at least in the Western world, 
<laughs> that would that yeah. would uh you know that that would take this case. Uh, obviously, it's uh, there's been no corroborative evidence at all. And it was a you brought up a uh, um oh shoot who who's I always forget her name the uh, her friend's name who was a named witness. Uh, Leland Kaiser. Leland Kaiser, right, right. Um, yeah. That was such a strange thing to say on on uh, Christine Ford's behalf. Saying, yeah, she has mental health problems. That's why she doesn't remember the party or something like that. That was just a weird, out of was, left field. I'm like, wow, where did that really throw in your, your lifelong friend under the bus there? And that's a just an odd defense. Yeah, that was strange. Like, we don't, I mean, I, we don't know if she actually has a mental health problem. But even if she does, that doesn't mean she's lying. Or doesn't mean that Mark Judge or Patrick Smith is, is lying about their accounts either. Under felony of perjury. Right. So that was just, I can't believe that she got away with that question. Like if that had been like, like if that had been anybody else, like the, the media would have torn them apart for saying something like that. Right. And it was never addressed after that. You know, yeah. they never, they never circled back to it, which was frustrating. And, uh, yeah. uh, Mitchell would say, okay, well this, this part of your story is inconsistent. Would you like to correct the record essentially? And yeah. then she'd say, okay, I guess I messed that up, but, uh, how about this? And then they, she wouldn't even address it. Like she would just move on. I'm like, okay. She's admitting to falsifying portions of her testimony. That yeah. seems like a big deal. That seems like news to me. We might want to spend a little bit more seems time like, on seems it. Like they, right, right. But they they would just move on. Okay, all right, you lied, but all right, we'll adjust the record and then move on. It was like, wow, that is not. Uh, it, I don't know. It was it was very strange to me. There was a lot of inconsistencies that didn't really add up to me. Um, I think the Republicans, their their whole plan was to be civil and to be friendly and to not you know be a jerk to this woman and and the democrats put on a disgusting horrific shameful performance oh, <laughs> they wanted God. nothing to do with uh i'll say yeah yeah go I'll, ahead i'll say yeah, i i get mad at the like in all my years i've followed politics i get mad at the news basically every single day i can't remember a time in my life when i my blood was boiling more than at that hearing on thursday just seeing how pathetic and how shameful the Democrats have tr- not only treated Brett Kavanaugh, but have also treated Dr. Ford. Right. Like the idea that a senator would receive a sexual assault allegation and sit on it for two months, keep it hidden and release it at the most politically opportune time that would basically guarantee that there couldn't be a thorough investigation into it. And the only the only reason for doing it was to make Kavanaugh look bad. It's it's pathetic. Dianne Feinstein, I think, has disgraced her office. She is just the worst human being on the face of the earth. And I can't, I can't even fathom how somebody would do that. Like, if they want an FBI investigation, she would have given it to the FBI right when she got it. Right. This was never about an investigation. And you're right about no. Dianne Feinstein. She's just absolutely horrible, horrible. What, and you pointed out yeah. what she also did to Christine Ford. Um, Christine yeah, Ford like she, wa- she, wanted she was, to— Right. She wanted she, to remain anonymous. She wanted to remain anonymous. She, Feinstein's office leaked it to the press. I, she denied it, kind of. That was another awkward moment. That was, uh, that was that during the hearing where Feinstein was asking, you know, did did you leak this to the press? Well, I I don't know. I, I haven't asked my staff. What? <laughs> yeah. She, okay. That's and believable. Kinda, and then she kind of like looks over to the the woman sitting behind her, and he's like, "Yep, they didn't do it." After like the person behind her just like said something to her. Right, and that's it was absolutely shameful, and the Democrats really did put their insanity on display for the whole world to see. Um, they obviously couldn't because there's no evidence and there's no witnesses. 
they can't really pin any of the sexual assault stuff on Kavanaugh, so they they spent most of the whatever four hours they were questioning Kavanaugh, asking him about things like drinking beer and stuff like that. I mean, it was such a strange, and we talk about all the time, all of us conservatives talk about all the time how the Democrats move the goalposts, right? They, yeah. They, you know, they, they can't get something to stick, so they just change the topic. Essentially, they just move mm-hmm. the goalposts and attack something else. So obviously the whole rape thing isn't going to stick, even though he's not even being accused of rape, but, you know, neither here nor there. So now they're going to this weird, like, Puritan, like, you shouldn't drink beer thing. Which is just a strange. It's just a very strange thing to do on on the part of the Democrats. That sh- that should honestly be the new message of the Republican Party to get more youth voters. Democrats don't approve of you drinking beer. Right. <laughs> right. And they're questioning Kavanaugh about his high school yearbook, and you know, did you drink beer underage, and this and that. What does what what does boof mean from what does Shelby boof House? mean? He and, and Cory Booker Cory Booker with skis that refers to brew skis, correct? Oh, my God. Showing what a blast he was in college. It was one of those just out-of-body experiences watching this this hearing, man. Like, I obviously have to um, for my job, for this podcast. But I'm sitting there watching this this shit show. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? You know, like, this is such a strange use of my time. I can't imagine how these senators feel. Like, there's got to be deep down. Like, I know these Democrats are terrible, awful senators. But there's got to be. I mean, Senator Whitehouse, you know, asking about fart jokes uh, in high school. There's this man. He's in his 70s, I think. Whitehouse. Yeah, this is. The, does he? He has sure. to take a step back and say, "I'm a fucking senator. <laughs> like, <laughs> what am I doing? Like, I've I've made some serious mistakes along the way. I have taken some wrong turns in life for me to be sitting here on C-SPAN." talking about fart jokes i mean like are these people do they have any level of self-awareness do you think um i think they do but i think they're i think their main their main goal is they want to they'll do whatever it takes to keep brett kavanaugh off of the court and they're losing their minds over it and to talk about something a little more serious that you know they're all calling for an fbi investigation now and obviously there's there's one that it that was that the white house authorized to begin but the thing is, the FBI has less power in investigating this than the Judiciary Committee. The FBI can't subpoena documents and they can't subpoena witnesses. And all the witnesses in this case have already made sworn statements under penalty of perjury to the, to the Judiciary Committee. So changing their stories would be a felony. So at the end of the day, we're not going to learn anything from this FBI investigation. And they're going to keep moving the goalposts even further. And I, I don't I'm not I don't think they're. I think they are self-aware. I just think they're blinded by their partisanship and will do whatever it takes to stop Brett Kavanaugh. And that includes saying and doing ridiculous things. Right. And yeah, you, you're absolutely correct in terms of this FBI investigation. Now, one, the FBI has already done six um, background checks on Brett Kavanaugh. So, yeah. you know, seventh time's a charm, I guess, for the Democrats. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they, they all the witnesses have already given sworn statements that they can't go back and change. Um, unless they want to go to prison, obviously. Um, yeah. So the FBI investigation is going to look like this. They'll read the statements from the witnesses, just read them like we all mm-hmm. can, and then they'll go to Kavanaugh and say, hey, did you rape anybody? You know, I have to ask you again. He's like, no, I've already said this a million times. No, I didn't. And they'll go to, you know, Ford, Dr. Ford, and say, hey, did he try to rape you? And she'll be like, yep. And that's the investigation. <laughs> because there's nothing else. There's no material it's, it's evidence. Be, and, and there's no witnesses that have corroborated the story at all. So there's yeah, like, it's, it's a pointless it's be, exercise. 
it's just going to be a bunch of 302s that are not going to tell us anything we don't already know. And it's kind of it's kind of hard for the FBI to investigate something where the victim or the alleged victim cannot remember the, the date. She can't remember the time. She can't remember where it happened, how she got there, how she got home. So at, at the end of the day, it's just it's just a delay. It's all delay tactics by, on the part of the Democrats. And all they needed was to find one Republican schmuck on the, committee, the committee to go along with it. And it ended up being Jeff Flake, of course. Yeah, of course. I don't think anybody was was shocked <laughs> that yeah. Jeff Flake was the perpetrator here. And let's let's talk about Jeff Flake um, on Friday after saying he will vote um, for Brett Kavanaugh. Um, he said though he'll only vote to, to move him out of committee if they delay the full Senate vote for a week so the FBI can do another investigation. Jeff Flake, I, I'm, I'm sorry to all the listeners <laughs> living in, in Arizona. You guys deserve a hell of a lot better than this guy. Jeff Flake is the softest, weakest little bitch in the Senate. It's it's so frustrating, and he he keeps pulling these stunts time and time again. He know this is because he got cornered by all these you know professional protesters in an elevator at, on Capitol Hill a few days ago who were claiming to be victims of sexual assault or something. They were screaming and yelling at him, and and Flake, like a lot of squishy Republicans do sometimes, tried to kind of play both sides and. Yeah, you know, there's no proof. I'll vote for Kavanaugh. But yeah, we totally got to take this super, super serious and do another investigation as if he's going to try to make both sides happy. But I mean, both sides hate him because he's screwing over the Republicans. And then he is a Republican. So leftists will want him dead no matter what. So I don't know what he was trying to accomplish here. This is obviously not about the FBI. It's obviously not about Kavanaugh. He knows the outcome of this quote unquote investigation, if you can even call it that. This is about him trying to, I don't know, run for president or something. I know he's giving a couple speeches next month up in New Hampshire, um, but I mean he couldn't be elected dog catcher in Arizona right now. I don't know if that's going through his head or what. But is is there any method to this madness outside of him just trying to get hugs from both sides? Um, you know, I don't think Jeff Flake is done with politics. I think politics is done with Jeff Flake. It's right. like I don't know. Like honestly. He's he's the one Republican on the committee that Democrats knew would be able to go along with this phony FBI investigation. And he's very good friends with Senator Chris with Chris Coons. And I saw something on Twitter that said Chris Coons was in tears when he was talking to Jeff Flake about this issue. So at at the end of the day, Jeff Flake was just being Jeff Flake. And I I don't know. Yeah, you're right. If he tries to run for president, it'll be the shortest campaign in, in human history. Um, what what is it with elected Democratic men crying over politics? I mean, this is really becoming an issue. First, Cory Booker, tears of rage. Now, Coons. Yeah. Man, these are some, I don't know. Like, I, I remember, I can't remember the name, but there was like, I remember somebody ran for president in like the 70s or the 80s. And during one of his speeches, he started crying. I, I can't remember who it was. I'm going to have to look it up later. But he started crying and all the media reports were talking to him like he was just a, like he was a little bitch, honestly, for crying. Yeah, I and think now it was whoever evolved. ran against was it who ran against uh, um, Gerald Ford? I can't remember his name. Yeah, let me Google it right now. Actually. Yeah, so yeah. This is gonna kill me. But that that ended his career. <laughs> I mean, that, basically, now that we're, ended, now we're that, at today. We're, we're Edmund Muskie was, Edmund was a senator Muskie. running in the Democratic. Yeah, that's, that's right. who it was. That's right. <laughs> yeah, in the seventies, yes. I believe. Yeah, and that ended his presidential campaign. Because nobody yeah, wanted to like, vote for a little bitch. Exactly. It was 1972, and now we're at it today where crying means you're just passionate, and people 
do whatever caters to their passions these days. So it's amazing how far we've come since 1972. The most frustrating thing about Jeff Flake and and his antics, you know, calling to delay the vote another week, because this is all about delaying the vote. I mean, the Democrats' only goal, they're pretty honest about it to their credit, is that they just want to push this back after the November midterms. But the the most frustrating thing about Jeff Flake doing this, and we were talking about football before we started recording, and you you said you're an Eagles fan. It reminds me of the Eagles yesterday losing to to Tennessee. Jeff Flake grabbed defeat from the jaws of victory. Son of a bitch, this thing was almost over. Like, we were almost able to talk about something else on this podcast today. Thanks, Jeff Flake. We've been talking about Brett Kavanaugh for months. I'm I'm getting bored with it. I would love to talk about something else. Um, obviously, there was a huge trade deal signed last night, and, and President yeah. Trump's giving a big speech about it right now. I'd love to touch on that, but we really can't. Thanks, Jeff Flake. Um, we, we had this one. I mean, Brett Kavanaugh gave a brilliant—he did a great job. He gave he brilliant testimony. It was passionate. Uh, he was full of righteous anger, in my opinion. Um, he really just mm-hmm. shredded the Democrats. We had this one, and Jeff Flake does this. It is so frustrating. And I, I don't mean, you know, yeah. Kavanaugh is going to be defeated. I don't think he will. I do think Brett Kavanaugh will be confirmed. But, damn, I Republicans time and time again grab defeat from the jaws of victory, and it is the most frustrating thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's I'll tell you what, I can count maybe on one hand the amount of Republican politicians that have all, that, that have always uh, basically been there and done the right thing in my lifetime. Um, and it's just it's highly frustrating. And I don't know, like, like I don't know what Jeff, Jeff Flake is thinking. Like, sure, another week of the circus is not going to help calm any any tensions about Brett Kavanaugh. The people that like him will still like him. The people that, that hate him will still think he's he's a rapist. So at the end of the day, it's all delay tactics by the Democrats. And of course, Jeff Flake was the one squish who would go for it. Right. And I, I usually don't like, uh, you know, doomsday theories. I don't like using like big, crazy language to make things sound more dramatic than than it ought to be. But let's talk about the one Republican that that really did save the day uh, on Friday. Um <laughs> who honestly may have yeah, saved I'm... saved the Supreme Court, and honest to God, I, I this sounds dramatic, but perhaps saved the Republican Party as a whole, uh, and that is South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. And I don't agree with Lindsey Graham very often, um, but, man, it turns out he's kind of a beast as long as uh, <laughs> nobody reminds him that Syria exists. Yeah, I mean, the de- think about this. The Democrats are so bad that Lindsey Graham, of all people— <laughs> is finally the one who's fighting back against them. Like that that was incredible because like you have to like people who saw that and don't really know too much about Lindsey Graham like have to understand that the, Lindsey Graham was probably the biggest the, the biggest weak T senator in the Republican caucus. He was just entire career the the friendly guy from South Carolina who was just kind of there. Right. And he was like willing to work with anybody. He was he was he didn't he, he wasn't he didn't really he didn't really fight for conservative values even though he called himself on he was just kind of there and then nowhere from left field just came after the democrats in that in that speech which i think was one of the, be- the greatest senate speeches of all time it'll go down as that and i absolutely that, agree that 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 video has like a couple million views i think 17 million views at this point and i think one million of them were me because i just did not stop watching right. that speech. so great right like i think i think i've ever since thursday i've watched that speech at least 10 times Day just because it was 
he perfectly encapsulated their hypocrisy in that speech. Like he, and he went after them. And he went even, and now he went even a step further because he's going full scale now. He's going to launch an investigation into who leaked Christine Ford's allegation, her allegation letter, and she's going to she's she's going down that road now. So I like this new Lindsey Graham. I hope I hope we I hope he doesn't go away. I know Lindsey Legend, as I'm calling him now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Who if if you gave me fifty guesses and said which which GOP senator is going to stand up for conservatism, stand up for the integrity of the Senate as a whole, stand up for, you know, the presumption of innocence and the rule of law and 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 give this passion. He honestly, he sounded like a Southern version of Ronald Reagan. Honestly, he really like, that did. was a very Reagan-esque speech, and it was. And I encourage anybody who hasn't heard Lindsey Graham's speech. It's on YouTube. Just you know, or just Google Lindsey Graham speech. It'll it'll come up right away. Uh, definitely oh, yeah. check it out. But yeah, he just called the Democrats on their bullshit. He pointed out that the majority of Republicans voted for for Justices Kagan and Sotomayor. Uh, you know, Republicans, you know, don't treat these nominees the same way Democrats do. I mean, he just called them out for the destruction of Brett Kavanaugh's life and family. I mean, it was it was a it was a beautiful speech. And <clears throat> honestly, this whole circus was well on its way to being a total disaster for Republicans. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, I, I really think that uh, you, you, you think that the, the prosecutor uh, Mitchell, uh, Rachel Mitchell, I believe. Is that her name? Yeah, Rachel Mitchell. Yeah. I, I kind of disagree with you there that that she did a good job. I thought she left so much on the table that I thought it was it was heading towards a major loss for the Republicans to the point where Kavanaugh might go down. And I think if Kavanaugh goes down, not only will Republicans lose the House on November sixth, I think they'll lose the Senate, and I think Trump will lose re-election. Honestly, I think this this appointment is that important. And I think Lindsey Graham, honest to God saved the Supreme Court, maybe saved Congress for the Republicans next month. I honestly think him standing up like a man and putting the Democrats back in their place. Like like you said, that this speech will be remembered as one of the great Senate speeches. I think it's much more important than that. I think he did a lot to stop the progressive agenda and to save the Republican Party, to be honest. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I think after—I after, after I remember even I was— like in this, after Ford's testimony, like I think the prosecutor did a good job. I think the problem was the format prevented her from doing an even better job. Right, I think right. if they, the Republicans would just let her go, and that would have been fine. But after her testimony, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking, oh crap, you know, this is this woman's pretty believable. Like, and then Kavanaugh comes in and gives that fiery speech, and it kind of brought us back to reality a little bit, and said, you know what, she may be believable, but she doesn't have the evidence to corroborate her story. And then Lindsey Graham goes, and it's like, all right, he's getting confirmed. I don't care what these people have to say they're trying to destroy his life they're trying to they're using all these orwellian tactics to destroy his life in order to maybe be able to fill the seat and you know what i think it really energized a lot of republicans in in a time when they were really not feeling too good about this nomination so i think and i think a lot of these senators are now feeling blowback because of it like claire mccaskill is now running behind josh hawley in missouri because she came out against kavanaugh right and heidi heitkamp is now running behind kevin kramer in uh north dakota Dakota, and it all goes back to Lindsey Graham's speech. I think at the end of the day, all right. these the fallout from it will be intense. Um, a couple, it, a couple Senate polls, and obviously it, it is kind of too soon to know if if um, the the changes in polling are directly you know the result of uh, Graham's speech and and this circus last week in general. But 
Uh, I, I definitely think it will have an effect. Joe Donnelly from uh, Indiana, who mm-hmm. came out against Kavanaugh, he Sorry. was up. He was up, I think, four or five points. Um, yeah. In his bid for re-election, Mike, now that's down to about a point and a half. I think is the uh, Real Clear Politics average right now. So, and even I saw th- this morning uh, the Real Clear Politics average on uh, uh, Bob Menendez in New Jersey went from about six points up to about two and a half points up. So there's a lot of these races that are that are narrowing, and I think you're right that it certainly I, I assume has a lot to do with with this shit show on on Capitol Hill. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, and and Lindsey Graham's awesome speech. I definitely think that will have an effect. Um, and what do you think about you know, kind of my doomsday prediction? If Kavanaugh, if this nomination does go down, I think it would be absolutely devastating for the Republican Party. Do you, do you agree with that? Absolutely. I think the only way to counter a base in the Democratic base that is fired up is a base of your own that's fired up. And I think this now the, the whole confirmation, the, the hearing process here has fired up a lot of Republicans who to who who may not have otherwise have come out to vote in November. So the Republican base is definitely getting fired up by the fact that the Democrats are just so horrible. So if this nomination does go down, which I don't think it's going to, it will just it will literally just devastate the Republican base. I think they will a lot of a lot of Republicans will definitely not be inspired to come out in November. Um, And it's it will not be good if this if this seat does not get filled before the midterm elections, the Democrats will. Basically, the House will be guaranteed, and the Senate will definitely be in jeopardy, too. That's what I think. If you were to go back a year, if you were to go back six months <laughs> and tell me mm-hmm. that we are relying on and totally dependent on the conservative moral leadership of Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, <laughs> I would tell you <laughs> that you're out of your mind. You know, But both, <laughs> both of those senators, who are the two most milquetoast, middle-of-the-road kind of guys— they are, they're holding this party together. Okay. And yeah, they, they, yeah. You know, they, they really are. I think the hate towards Mitch McConnell, I don't, I've never understood it because I think in 20 years, people will look, will look back on Mitch McConnell, at least Republicans is the man who saved America's judiciary. And right. he's also been the guy that's gotten all of Trump's legislative priorities through the Senate. So I honestly, I understand why people hate him, but I, I've, I, I, I never hated Mitch McConnell. I never I thought I, I think he could fight harder for conservative values, but he's done a lot for the, for this party. And if he gets if he gets Kavanaugh on that bench, he will forever be the legend that is cocaine Mitch. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. P- pissed off Lindsay and cocaine Mitch. I, I really like yeah. these two guys. Where where have they been our whole lives? But uh, yeah, for Literally. anybody where, who does for, for people that do a lot of conservatives you know, they don't like Mitch McConnell. He's not conservative enough. He's not, he makes too many compromises, blah, blah, blah. For anybody who still holds that position. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Just remember that his gamble, which was one of the ballsiest political gambles I've ever seen, at least in my lifetime to, you know, to hold off the nomination of Merrick Garland, wait, you know, for a hail Mary presidential campaign, like Donald Trump's campaign. To, mm-hmm. you know, to even hold hearings on a Supreme Court justice, that political gamble is the move that saved the Supreme Court. I mean, and maybe saved the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. you know if, if we had a leftist court, they are really coming after our rights. So old cocaine Mitch back in two, early, you know, when when Scalia died, I believe that was February or January, February of 2016. 
that gamble all the way back, you know, almost three years ago, saved the judiciary, like you said. And, uh, yeah, so I think conservatives should really give uh, Cocaine Mitch some slack. But, uh, all right, man, yeah, I know we're, yeah. we're, we're running out of time, and uh, we'll be back to talk about, you know, hopefully we have some more breaking news on Wednesday as to this FBI investigation and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, before I let you go, Greg, uh, where can everybody find you online and, and read your stuff? Um, yeah, so Twitter is Greg underscore Price 11, Instagram, GPrice1234. Um, I'm trying to write a lot more. I've got I've been starting to get more articles out there on Lone Conservative. I'm definitely trying to write a little, little more, so... Just keeping, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll be, obviously I'll be posting them all there. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks all for right. having me on, Brady. Absolutely, man. We'll definitely do it again soon. Everybody follow Greg. He's great. And check out Lone Conservative. Uh, I am Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>